Voice Live from CES is an official event within the greater CES program, where the world's top brand leaders will share insights about how they are engaging customers through voice-enabled devices in our homes, cars, hotels, and more. To learn more about how you can be a sponsor, speaker, or attend Voice Live from CES, visit voicesummit.ai slash CES. That's voicesummit.ai slash CES. If you've been hearing about voice technology for a while, you might be wondering, how do I get involved? Today, you'll hear voice consultant Blandon Avo talk about how she got into voice, the types of voice roles you could fill, how what you're currently doing can help you decide which area to get into, and where to look for jobs in voice. Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is your co-host, Kerry Roberts. And today, my guest is voice consultant, Blandon Avo. Welcome, Blandon. Thank you for being here. Hi, Kerry. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So we are going to be discussing a lot today about how to get into voice. It's a question that I know myself and many others have been asked quite often. You know, voice is this newer thing. People are excited about it and they don't know where to start. So for you, I'd love for you to share with us first, what is your background and how did you first learn about and get interested in the voice world? Actually, my background is in sales and product marketing in telecoms and ad tech, so not that close to the voice space. Um, Before that, I studied business at a time when business and tech were still quite siloed. Um, And actually, the epiphany moment for me was back in 2007 when I was a store manager uh, with a big telco in France, and I witnessed the iPhone revolution. So this is basically when I started to realize how tech can really impact our lives. And uh, that's basically how I became a tech enthusiast. And then I pursued this um, kind of tech for non-tech folks interest in my next roles. Um, I launched some inclusive broadband offers for seniors and welfare beneficiaries. And I turned to B2B, worked on cloud, ICT, and ad tech solutions for small businesses who often don't have um, the capabilities to keep up with uh, technological change. So when I started to read about uh, voice assistance, I got really excited. Uh, and I do think that uh, what's uh, coming up is on at least as big as uh, what we witnessed with smartphones. So um, that's how I started to get excited. And um, I started to document myself, uh, started to read a lot, uh, finding out that um, my gut feeling that voice was a more natural way to interact than screens was actually sort of scientifically proven. And I had the best illustration when I uh, saw how my parents actually adopted Alexa. Well, they call her Alexia, but she doesn't seem to mind. And um, they really can interact with with Alexa really easily without any uh, instructions, uh, but they still keep calling me to understand how to use the very basic features of the smartphone. So that was really, really exciting to me to see that it was a really um, sort of democratic technology that anyone with uh, no training whatsoever can use uh, much more easily than what we now take for granted as uh, computers and smartphones. The other thing that got me really hooked uh, was to start learning about the expectations that we as humans have with um well from uh, voices from synthetic voices we actually have the same um 
the same expectations as uh, conversing with a real human. That's really interesting, um, tying it back to my more uh, marketing um, experience. Um, if you put these two things together, it really unveils a huge potential for brands to become much more personable, to deliver much more value for the customers and to really build deeper and almost real relationships. So yeah, I got really excited about all that uh, and uh, also excited to be part of, a, of an adventure. Um, it's still really early days, so it feels like being in a world that is uh, taking shape um, and being part of, um, of this is... Um, it's a very exciting professional uh, adventure. Yeah. And for people that, you know, kind of know a little bit about voice, but they don't know a whole lot, what are some of the types of roles or jobs that are currently in the voice technology space? That was quite a surprise to me because, um, like, seen from far, I thought it was a world of um, developers and engineers. But actually, when I started to get closer, I could realize that it's actually a world made of lots of different roles like any industry. So you obviously have uh, developers and engineers who are doing the very important job to technically build skills to improve AI and NLP capabilities. But uh, it's actually a very multidisciplinary space with... um, a lot of teamwork to actually make user experience work. So besides developers, uh, you have um, linguists, you have conversation designers, you have UX researchers, who actually are the people who understand uh, the deep layers that are activated when humans communicate, uh, even when they communicate with a machine. And that teamwork um, is really key uh, to build a good user experience and making the most of the current capabilities. So that's on the more like production side of voice. Um, but if you take a step back and look at brands, actually brands that are looking at uh, entering the, and should really look at entering the voice space, need uh, product managers, project managers, marketing managers, people like me. Um, they need them uh, often in-house um, to really uh, craft the customer experience and define the brand identity as it's becoming a new channel for um, being in touch with their customers. And actually, in the meantime, while brands are trying to get ready internally, they are hiring consultants to help them define their voice strategy. So um, it's like almost any other industry, a real uh, array of of different roles. And on top of this, uh, there's a very specific role that I discovered, the role of uh, being a voice actor. And they are actually really sought after by um, brands, for example, who want to have a, a really um, on-point voice when it comes to embodying their um, their brand. So yeah, that, that's quite a lot. And I, I believe that um, more or less everybody can find a fit in the industry. Yeah. So I just want to name back some that you mentioned because there's a lot here, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. So of course, you said developers and engineers. We also have UX researchers, linguistics, conversational designers, product managers, project managers, marketing managers, brand strategists, consultants, voice actors. There's a whole realm of kind of these new jobs that are now available. What kinds of skills translates to the voice tech world? So of all these that you listed, how would somebody know which one would fit them best since voice is so new if they've never worked in that area before? 
well, because of my own background, I'm more qualified to talk around uh, the sort of business and user experience side of it. Um, I'm not qualified to um, go deep into the skills required for developers or engineers, but when it comes to business and user experience, um, I think the most, well, the first skill that would be something you can um, translate from, other, from another industry is the ability to understand user needs and to translate these user needs into features that will actually solve a problem and deliver value. So it sounds like something you've heard in other industries, but that's still true. Like even skills that seem to be built just for fun, and there are quite a few fun ones um, that you can try, they actually cater for a need because we all need to love daily. Apparently, it's something that is uh, proven to be really healthy. So in an ecosystem, just like in any other ecosystem, each skill has really to serve a purpose and um, the ability to understand this purpose and uh, make it happen um, in a voice skill is a, is a very um, important skill. The second skill um, to me would be the obsession for improving user experience in the long run. So when I worked at Dashbot, uh, I had the opportunity to hear these words from Kirk Owen, the VP of development at Zap Media, that really sums it all. Uh, he said, launch is day one. And I believe it's so true in voice that uh, voice actually has a product lifecycle management that is more important than in any other industry that I've witnessed. Uh, the reason is that... Um, Actually, the behavior of the user and the behavior of the voice assistant evolve with regular interactions. Um, user are, users are starting to ask for more complex requests. The voice assistants get better at understanding. So it's a real skill to manage this uh, life cycle and uh, use analytics for defining a meaningful KPI to follow and pursue and uh, make sure that... Um, you keep evolving your product um, in a meaningful way to keep engagement as high as possible. So they are mainly skills that product marketing managers would have, as I had in my previous industries, um, and that could be transferred into the voice world. Yeah, I like that you said obsession to improving user experience, because you're right, no matter what industry you've been in, if you've been working in business, hopefully that is a skill and an interest that you have. So that passion is going to help because you're right. I agree. I think voice is one of the things that is just constantly evolving. You can't just kind of create it and then forget about it. You have to keep going to say, how do we make this better? How do we improve it? Because it is so different than other things we've seen before. Since you've worked in voice and maybe some others you've spoken with, what are some of the challenges to working in the voice technology space? I would say that the main challenge actually comes from the most attractive aspect of the industry that I just discussed. Um, that is the multidisciplinary nature of it. Uh, because it's so multidisciplinary, any project you will be working on uh, actually requires you to push yourself out of your comfort zone uh, to build a robust enough understanding of the key underlying concept that you have to work um, in order to make things happen with the rest of your team. So at first for me, uh, the technical concepts like NLP were quite daunting. Uh, as I said, I have no technical background and I was a bit uh, scared uh, of this uh, very uh, uh, top-notch, um, top really uh, cutting-edge um, technology concepts. 
fortunately, there are lots of resources and lots of uh, people in the industry that are happy to break it down for you and make it understandable enough um, so you, it can support um, your interactions with uh, your technical counterparts. Um, I also feel that I had to dig the notions around linguistic and conversation design that were completely new to me. So it was feeling a bit overwhelming to have all these new things and to have to actually understand enough to keep going. But uh, when I started scratching the surface, I found all these topics so fascinating that it was just easier to keep digging deeper. And um, that's what makes the, the challenge actually a good challenge. And do you have any advice for those that are trying to get into the space? Maybe how they should format their resume or things they should learn? Well, I can share my um, personal experience. I think three things actually really helped me. Uh, first thing is actually related to trying to build some understanding. And um, I think reading a few books that are really fundamental to the industry can help. And my fa- if you have just one to read, my favorite was uh, Wild for Speech by Nas and Brave. Um, it's not a new, new one. It was actually published back in 2005. But um, it really, it was really fascinating. It really opened my eyes to all the underlying forces that actually influence all our interactions, um, especially with synthetic voice. And it was really the first time I approached the notions of linguistics, sociology, and psychology all together with tech. I really couldn't put it down. And I think that kind of global analysis of the voice industry are really helpful to get started and to to understand its complexity and where you can um, actually dig deeper because you will be interested in something specific or dig enough to be able to work with uh, experts on uh, each of the fields. The other thing that was great, uh, of great help was to attend as many meetups and as many webinars as I could. That's always a great way to learn firsthand from uh, experts and to network and understand what uh, people uh, in the industry are looking for. So to, if you need to rewrite your resume, that helps you uh, pick up the keywords and the, the key skills that are needed. And if I may, I would love to give a big shout out to Women in Voice. Um, so Women in Voice really made a huge difference for me uh, as a community. It really gave me the opportunity to interact with and learn from top talent in the industry. And uh, I felt it was a big accelerator uh, being a, a new newbie in the industry that really leveraging existing communities are, it's really a, a thing that, that can help. And finally, um, I would recommend to follow all these people you listen to and you meet at events on Twitter and LinkedIn. There's actually tons of really, really insightful uh, knowledge shared on Twitter and LinkedIn uh, by voice uh, professionals. And that's really, really helpful to, um, to understand what's going on and to frame, um, well, to learn and to frame your your search for for a job in voice. I love that breakdown. And yes, we love Joan of Women in Voice. We've had her on this (laughs) podcast. She's a very technical person, but she also has created such a beautiful community of women. And she invites anyone to come join her event. So I'm so glad to hear that that was helpful for you as well. 
Where do you suggest people find jobs in voice? Is there a website or postings or where do people normally look for jobs in voice since it's still fairly new? Actually, the interesting thing is that because it's new, uh, I guess there's still a sort of a shortage of skills and um, the voice community is indeed very keen to share new openings with the, um, with the rest of the community. So online communities are great. Um, so there are a couple of, uh, I mentioned LinkedIn, there are also a couple of Slack uh, groups that you can join, join uh, Women in Voice being one, and uh, they usually have a dedicated channel for jobs uh, and sharing not only jobs in their own um, organization, but if they hear about something, they, they just relay the, um, the need and uh, that's how you can really uh, be sort of the first to know. And again, I would say attending events and meeting professionals is really the best way to hear firsthand about job opportunities and, um, and roles that might not be posted or might still be um, in the um, building phase. Uh, but that's how you can um, actually create opportunities. Yeah, I mean, and that's not just even for voice technology. That's really any way to get any jobs or clients is to, like you're saying, interact online with people, interact in person at conferences, events, things of that nature. That's definitely going to increase your chances of knowing what's out there and also potentially getting a job in the industry. For you personally, what is it that you love most about working in voice? I really love how collaborative this industry is. Um, I guess because everyone is still sort of on a learning curve, uh, there, there, there is really a culture of sharing best practices and tips and trying to make the industry grow all together. Um, so last July, I had the opportunity to attend Voice Summit in New York, and the vibe was really amazing. I met incredible people from all over the globe and everyone was so welcoming. Uh, I was still kind of new uh, to the industry and everyone was just so happy to share, so happy to um, give the chance to everybody to contribute um, and very, very generous in sharing their knowledge. Um, that was for me very impressive coming from um, industries like telecom and ad techs where, where it's uh, much more competitive. And the other thing um, following that that really impressed me is how uh, so this kind of tight-knit community really manages to stay alive uh, beyond uh, those uh, conferences and beyond borders by um, putting so much energy in sharing knowledge on Twitter and Slack and uh, organizing webinars, organizing meetups. And it's actually really contagious and uh, really makes it um, great and feel like part of a, of a big family. And it's a great feeling. It's, uh, it's really unusual for the business world, but yeah, I do love it. Yeah, I could not agree more on that account. I have said that to so many people. I have not seen this level of collaboration and creativity in anything in a long time, probably maybe when social media first started. But there is something very exciting to see people that would normally be competitors work together and say, hey, I want to talk about this. Hey, I want to build things. Let's create... So I, yeah, I encourage anyone listening, if you're not involved already in voice tech, to just go to some meetups, go to some conferences, look at people on LinkedIn and connect because there's something really special going on here. If people want to connect with you, where can they do that online? I would love to connect, of course. Um, I think the two best platforms would be LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, so LinkedIn is my name and like just my name, um, 
simple name. Uh, my Twitter handle is uh, blandabot, spelled B-L-A-N-D-A-B-O-T. Perfect. And the last question I've been asking on this show fairly recently to help people become more aware of the great things in voice. What is a current flash briefing or voice skill or voice experience that you're really enjoying right now? So that got me thinking and I decided that the one that actually is working the best for me and is really the most helpful is the Google Action Ring My Phone. Uh, Because I keep my phone on silent mode and I tend to drop my phone in random places in my apartment and then I don't know where it is and I can't even ask my partner to ring it because it's in silence. Um, And because I have the Google Pixel, I can ask my Google Home to make it ring loudly even when it's set up uh, to silent mode. So, um, well, just as I shared before, this this skill really solves one of my big problems of losing track of my phone all the time and really delivers uh, great value in saving me precious time and avoiding a number of panic attacks. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my fate. I love it. That's so great. Thank you so much, Blendon, for your insight. This has been tremendously helpful. And uh, I look forward to hearing more of what you do in the future. Thank you so much, Gary. That was a pleasure to share all the thoughts with you. And um, yeah, welcome everyone to the Voice uh, Tech world. Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at kerry at modev.com. That's K-E-R-I at modev.com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you. And we look forward to chatting with you next week.